That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. And tonight we have our Halloween special of 2018. We're going to be covering um, some, uh, not covering, but suggesting some spooky Batman stories to read and talk about some movies as well. Let me get the panel out of the way. I got uh, Grandpa Batman from Haunted Texas. Guess what I'm wearing? I got my podcaster shirt on, oh yeah, oh yeah. Got my podcaster shirt on, He's oh yeah, back, oh yeah. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, and I it's got good Rob, to be among the living. And I got Robin Cross up in cannabis-filled Canada. Yeah, I... I He's high as fuck right now. I, technically, I am also wearing my podcast shirt. Oh yeah, Ooh. oh yeah. <laughs> oh, happy Halloween month, October. It's been a good one. If you haven't heard yet... Uh, haven't listened yet. We got a Kelly Jones and Tim Sale um, interviews for you a couple episodes back, you know, right before the Halloween one. So you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's uh, let's crack it open with um some suggested spooky Batman stories to read. You know, Batman and spookiness or Halloween, obviously, I always say goes together like peanut butter and jelly. And when going through lists or coming up with these, li- man, it really puts it in perspective how many spooky dark and monstrous batman stories there really are out there you know it's just yeah and uh, once you get past like the really mainstream ones like every october uh to everyone posting you know the long halloweens and all that stuff uh the the vampire trilogy but they're beyond that stuff beyond the really commonly talked about stuff there are a lot of other uh ghosty and monstery stories and stuff too so many good ones. But before we get into all those, let's just get the, um, for anyone who might not know, let's just get the key reads out of the way. The must-reads, if you haven't read them yet or want to read every October. Um, obviously, Batman The Long Halloween is one of the classic, classic bat, one of the greatest Batman stories ever told. So that one's highly recommended, you know. And the, you gotta, the three you Halloween gotta start specials with Haunted Night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's two, right. So two, Haunted, Haunted Night, the Haunted Night Halloween specials do predate The Long Halloween. And that's like my that's like my favorite. I don't know. That might be my favorite of all time if I had to choose something. So when Legends of the Dark Knight run was going on, eventually 
the editor at DC Archie Goodwin wanted to put out a uh, a Halloween special annually, which I wish they would do again. Well, a Batman Halloween special. So he brought in his friend, uh, screenwriter Jeff Loeb, to write it, and then Jeff Loeb recruited Tim Sale to draw it. And uh, now they have there were three Halloween specials: Fear, Ghosts, and Madness. It's really cool because each cover has a different pumpkin on it with that theme. So Ghosts had to do with the Christmas Carol version of Halloween for Batman when he's visited by three ghosts to put his life in perspective. And then that's a really good one to read. Um, the other one was Madness. It's a Mad Hatter story. And uh, something happens where Batman um, falls into this almost like a coma, a very temporary coma. And he like starts, he goes back to Crime Alley and his mother's cradling him as Batman in Crime Alley. And then he eventually has to hunt down the Mad Hatter who's kidnapped uh, Barbara Go- young Barbara Gordon. So that's a really good story. And the other one was Fear. It's a Scarecrow story, which is really good as well. Um, that has to do with uh, a mysterious character as well that comes into Batman's life. This woman, while Batman's trying to hunt down the Scarecrow and is having, I think, problems with fear toxin. Right, Robin? He was, like, hallucinating in that one, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I think that was it. Now yeah. you're making me forget. There's a really good scene in that where they have Scarecrow in custody in a van, a police van, and the fear toxin's going off, and all of a sudden the... Officers see the scarecrow in different versions because the toxins going off different monstrous versions. So um, the Haunted Night trilogy with Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale is a must-read for Halloween bat for Batman Halloween fans and obviously the Long Halloween as well. Um, and also, of course, Kelly Jones's Vampire trilogy with Crimson Mist, Red Rain, and uh, Bloodstorm. Bloodstorm. Uh, yeah. Bloodstorm. Yeah. So th- those are all connected as well. Those three. So that Vampire trilogy by Kelly Jones and Doug Monch is. Uh, Highly recommended as well. What's really good is that, you know, every one of those titles, they actually have collected in, you know, trades or hardcover. So yeah, to say the T can, word, ah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to go search for, you know, the single issues <laughs> unless you really want to. I mean, I know that some people, they really hunt down the single issues. Yeah. But, you know, for the cash or anybody that just wants to read these. <laughs> the cash. Uh, <laughs> anybody that just wants to find these stories and read them. They all have them in collected volumes, you know, yeah. which is really convenient. And if you do want the uh, the singles, they're not horribly hard to find uh, either. You mm. Check in a couple comic shops, you can probably find all three of them. Not the uh, not the original vampire hardcovers, man. Those are those those are sought after these days, man. We we get them in fairly often at the shop. What do they average? I see, I see them averaging for over twenty at this point. Yeah, uh, but that's the thing. Like the when they were hard covers, like they came out with, uh, they were twenty five to thirty dollar uh, cover price. Oh damn! Well, and uh, damn, that's well. that's where they still sell. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. For the most part. I guess it's because a lot of other books that came out that long ago, they're they might be obscure, so their price fell. Yeah, that's yeah. It. So maybe that's why I'm thinking that these are a little tricky. But uh, then you had like they they came out in paperbacks as well and went to several printings. So. If you hit a few shops, you can uh, likely find all those. All right, I got my list here. So who um, who wants to go for Open it up, boys. What would uh, some spooky suggestions? Uh, the first one that I pulled out was uh, Gotham County Line. Nice. So it was a uh, three-part story. I, I want to say it came out around like 95. So it was written by Steve Niles, who wrote stuff like uh, 30 Days of Night. So he's uh, a definite... You know, leaning more towards the horror kind of stuff. So basically, uh, it's a story of uh, 
Batman investigating these murders, uh, like kind of really grisly, gory murders. But what starts happening is the victims start reanimating, and this turns into a zombie story. Mm. But uh, you get some twists in there, because first of all, Steve Niles' version of Batman likes to use a jetpack. <laughs> so you have Batman flying around, like, on the outskirts of Gotham and stuff like that. Because, yeah, obviously it's called Gotham County Line, so it's like, you know, city limits kind of area. So uh, there's he's got to cover some ground, I guess. So, yeah, Batman's flying around with the jetpack. Mm. But you also get him fighting zombies... You get, uh, there, there is an aspect of, you know, is, is he hallucinating things? Uh, he, he starts looking into if he was drugged, you know, thinking that uh, he's imagining this stuff. But you get to see Batman interacting with uh, zombie versions of his parents and like, having the, a conversation that he would want to have yeah. with these zombie versions of them. Mm. Uh, we also get when he's in. Uh, I should note that Dead Man is also an important part of the story. So if you're a Dead Man fan, he's a, a key character of it. Mm-hmm. But one scene, we also get Batman uh, when he's in a tough spot, getting some much needed assistance from a zombie Jason Todd. So it's like Oops. Jason Todd in the Robin costume, you know, because he's he's been killed. This zombie version of him uh, shows up to help. And then they sort of have like a, a moment too. Mm. So uh, aside from being horary and very Halloween appropriate, you get some some moments in there too, like that are uh, just sort of special moments for Bruce. Hmm, that's a good one. That's a that's a nice uh, kind of obscure too, but a really good read. Yeah. What do you get? What do you got for your uh, first round, Grams? Uh, first one I picked was. It's actually you'll see this um, cover. It was Batman 227 called The Demon of Gothos Mansion. And it's the cover where it shows like kind of like a silhouette, specter-looking Batman looking over this mansion as this girl's running away. I tracked this one down because I, I just love the cover for it. And um, it's kind of just one of those iconic Batman covers. And, that, you know, that's kind of the, the point of some of these covers is to attract you to buy it so you'll read the story. And in it, Batman kind of faces Alfred Pennyworth receives this letter from like his niece, I think. Oh, I'm going off memory. His niece. And she says that, you know, she's being held captive or something in this mansion. And Batman goes to, to find her and rescue her. And, um, you know, he fights these people that are like in this cult mm-hmm. and has to save Daphne. You thinking of Scooby Doo or? Uh, yeah. Zoit. Yeah. So he's got to go and fight basically this cult that's, you know, going to sacrifice this girl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for a, a single little issue, you know, I, I think this was from 1970. Nice. Oh, that was some good shit back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was cool. Really cool story for for back then. I think that's when the horror comics were like bleeding over a little into like influence in dc here and there even with uh even the stuff that like neil adams did with um when well, he did the cover of this one uh okay is that when uh he's not in the tree is it no 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 okay that's it looks one. like yeah it, it's like it's kind of like a ghostly looking batman big batman as he's staring over like this haunted looking mansion 
You'll you'll know it when man, you see. Man, that's fucking awesome, man. That's a that's a nice pick, man. That's a that's a nice dusty uh, digging Gramps pick, man. Fucking uh, <laughs> from the archives, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you can't find that on Wikipedia, man. Fucking. <laughs> man, I, I, the more I think about it, the more this list grows from mine. But um, I'm going to start off with a Batman number 34 from the New 52 era. Um, it's a one-shot issue between arcs. I think it's called The Meek. And it's pretty much about Batman investigating somebody who's kidnapping and killing people that are down and out. Pretty much people that are going to Dr. Leslie Tompkins' clinic. And Batman starts to notice a pattern and reports. Uh, turns out to be this like off the books, un- creepy off the books undertaker that works at um, I think it's called Potter's Field, which is like yeah the cemetery in Gotham for the unknown, um, right? And uh, it's a really it's a really nice creepy eerie nice one shot story. Uh, you definitely see Snyder's uh, horror roots bleed into this one. It's a uh, yeah I really dug it when it came out. I don't know since it's a nice little spooky treat to break it up but um the art was really good too so really captured the mood of everything the guy that guy saw it reminds me of um i might as well just bang this one out of the way too because i'm gonna say but that guy saw it reminds me of sean crystal's art a lot who mm, did another yeah. suggested suggested story for spooky batman which is arkham manor where basically what happened in the continuity was bruce wayne lent wayne manor to the city to be used as arkham asylum all of a sudden, inmates were getting killed within Arkham, now Arkham Manor. He decides to check himself in as an inmate to investigate it. it this, this killer seems to be moving through the walls of Arkham Manor. That's a really great story that I feel like is overlooked a lot these days. And it's pretty new. Came out a couple of years ago. But Arkham Manor is definitely a great, nice, spooky, solid read to get into. It was actually a, a short-lived ongoing is what it was. Yeah, because yeah. um, when it was announced, I think it was supposed to be an ongoing, but then it turned into a limited. But Arkham Manor, that there was um, a trend back then because Arkham Manor came out. I think around uh, the same. Gotham by Midnight came Got- out around the same time. Yes, Gotham by Midnight, and also Gotham Academy, which in a way had like a spooky slash Harry Potter vibe to it. So yeah, yeah, there was a little theme going on. Gotham Academy, the first volume. It's kind of spooky too. It's it's like magical, mystical, spooky within the confines of the academy with Silverlock and everyone. That was a great read too. I don't think it progressed well, but in the beginning, like the first two trades was really good. Kind of like that. It had a Scooby Doo thing going on. Definitely had a Scooby Doo thing going on. Uh, next one I wanted to go to was the Doom that came to Gotham. Yes, I was. I was hoping someone would say that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Mignola, Richard Pace. Uh, so obviously, if you're a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, uh, this is definitely something up your alley, or if you're a fan of Mike Mignola. Mm. So uh, basically, it's uh, uh, it, it was three issues, came out on, uh, it was an Elseworlds title. So around 2000, maybe like 99, 2000, it came out. Uh, so it's Batman dealing with uh, all kinds of supernatural stuff mystical supernatural things uh but you get uh, sort of these supernatural world takes on like raz al ghul and two phases in it uh definitely very halloweeny and if you're if you're a lovecraft fan definitely check that one out i like how all the villains take on like some kind of monstrous form yeah and, like uh i think even green arrow did uh didn't he yeah I, I, it's been a while since i read it but i i think ivy was in it too i remember i don't I gotta reread it, but that's uh, uh, that's that's as spooky as it gets, man. And 
I think the best thing about that book is the suspense about the doom that's coming to Gotham. That's like yeah. the main theme of the book. So, And now that's one that you probably want to pick up in the trade paperback. That one is legit difficult to find all three of the single issues. Yeah. What do you got for us, Gramps? You got another uh, brisket? All on right. I got another. I got another Neil Adams classic because I don't know. He he just really loved to you know. I think he. Uh, I think he really hit the you know the nail on the head whenever he was doing like these horror type of stories that let him kind of you know do expressive poses and stuff like that. But what I've got is Batman with Robin, the Teen Wonder, Night of the Reaper. Which is actually based oh, nice. on, uh, it's actually you know supposedly on Halloween. Yeah. And it's where you know Dick Grayson's in college, and some of his buddies go to this Halloween parade, and uh, people start getting killed, and um, you know someone dressed up as Robin, I think, gets killed, and so Dick Grayson starts investigating as the actual Robin, and. What's crazy about this story is that it's kind of got a uh, a little like morality theme throughout it because Batman he's been like investigating like an ex Nazi war criminal. By the conclusion of the story, the two plots kind of intertwine. I won't give away too much for the reader, but um, definitely check it out. It's got a really cool cover too, and I want to say that I think this character the reaper it's not the same reaper that's in like batman year two but i think it inspired that character i'm two for two with the neil adams i just i just really liked his stuff back in the 70s yeah and and neil probably holds some sort of record for uh the number of iconic covers i'm gonna throw another snyder one out there go next one i'll throw out black mirror um Black Mirror really reads. We're going to get absolute Black Mirror soon. DC's publishing is putting that out. They're recognizing Black Mirror as a classic. And Batman Black Mirror, which was from the detective run, was illustrated by Jock and Francesco Francavia, written by Scott Snyder. Not to get too much into it, but um, it pretty much deals with how James Gordon's son, James Gordon Jr., Jim Gordon, is pretty much a sociopath. Just an evil little fuck. And... um. <laughs> It's, it has this really uneasy, unsettling vibe throughout the story, Black Mirror. It, portraying like this new villain, murderer, psychopath being the Gotham City Commissioner's son. The, plus the way, you know, like Jock and Frank Avia have a horror aesthetic too. So Absolutely. Just, yeah, the artwork is great. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, it's a Dick Grayson Batman. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's a and Dick Grayson Batman. it's almost like him kind of you know finding out that evil isn't always the, you know the obvious person mm. and it sometimes it's you know the the one comes from the one place that you would least suspect i.e james gordon or jim gordon's son you know yeah but yeah the shit he does in there man that that would be an awesome movie he does some sadistic and stuff in there. one of my favorite aspects of the story is that culture of twisted rich people uh, going to uh, those auctions and purchasing like the memorabilia, like things of uh, famous villains. Yeah, yeah. Because you, what, what's the uh, the collect? Is it the collector? Mm-hmm. Whoever. I forget his name now. That, you that figure he's going to be like the big bad person. Yeah. yeah. 
not. Hmm. Spoilers. <laughs> but well, yeah, I'm okay. sure most. I'm sure. Oh no, I, I was I was being joking there. I'm sure most people have read uh, Black Mirror. Even when so, they, yeah. uh, even when they hang, there was a page where there's like a a whale, like an orca whale or something hanging. Oh yeah. I thought it's yeah. just yeah. something about it is just it's all around disturbing and un- unsettling and good. Uh, a book that you want to buy in trade paperback because one issue alone, <laughs> eight eighty is going to cost you upwards of a hundred dollars. Yeah, and um. It's uh, it's Scott Snyder when he just started writing Batman, so um, he was still getting off American Vampire, so them horror roots were heavily baked in the DNA from what he was doing right now. So. Uh, since we're talking about Scott Snyder, I'm gonna jump off Batman stuff for a second. Uh, you mentioned American Vampire. If you like Scott's darker sort of writing, uh, like American Vampire, definitely check out The Wake. Yeah. Uh, the Wake was, I think it was a 12-issue series. Uh, so it's sort of like Alien, but underwater. Mm. So like a, a underwater horror horror story. So all written by Scott Snyder and all the art by Sean Murphy. And then uh, also Witches, uh, which is really cool. Oh, uh, had, you like that pun. First, <laughs> first art came out, uh, like what, maybe two years ago now. And then there was a mini that came out uh, piece by piece in the Image Monthly uh, magazines. Yeah. So that's about to come out in a collected edition, and uh, that will lead into the second volume, yeah. of which is finally beginning. Nice. Well, they have a special Halloween release coming up here next yeah. week. Yeah, uh, I believe that's uh, Bad Egg, the, uh, the collected edition of the, uh, the story that came out in segments in uh, the Image Plus issues. Mm. Nice. Uh, the next thing that I pulled up was uh, Haunted Gotham. Yeah, yeah, Kelly, none of Kelly so, Jones uh, banger. Yeah. yeah, our boy Kelly Jones, uh, written by Doug Monch. So it's you know the the creative team that did all the Batman Vampire stuff, and uh, it's it's really similar to that. You know, a similar look. Uh, Kelly does a a lot of similar. Uh, work to the vampire books batman dealing with uh all kinds of monsters and stuff yeah there's a cool halloween story in there as well i remember yeah like there's there's werewolves there's uh zombies ghosts and uh really uh a really twisted uh (laughs) joker in it and if if you ever wanted to see joker wearing thomas wayne's face then uh (laughs) check out haunted gotham It's Haunted Gotham. They also did Gotham After Midnight. Yes, they because... did. That was like, what, a 12-issue uh, series, I think? Oh, I just up. checked it up. Yeah, Gotham After Midnight was 12 issues. I mean, they did a lot of work because not only that, but um, their run on Batman, which I suggest, too, Volume 1 and 2 is now in hardcover. It's that spooky, too. Like You got stuff with Dead Man, Swamp Thing, uh, this villain that... This girl that looks pretty much like Vampirella, uh, just really, yeah, they, it's it has this creepy, spooky feel to it. And I think, how many issues did they go on with? Did he say 36 issues? Uh, yeah, somewhere around there, I think. So, man, Kelly Jones is putting that, he put that work in, man. Anything he does, you know it's going to have that spooky monster feel to it. Yeah, I've, um, I've got the spookiest, scariest Batman story ever. It's going to scare the shit out of some snowflakes. Is, is it a story about Jim Gordon in a bunny suit? Oh, no, please. Not again. Not for the it's called, it's called The Dark Knight Returns. 
No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <clears throat> no, my for my next selection is actually um, a two-parter. It is Batman and the Monster Men from Matt Wagner, and then Batman and the Mad Monk. Yeah. Collected, it's called Dark Moon Rising. And I, I really love Matt Wagner. I, I, I like reading his uh, Grendel stories, and then he, he has like some Batman Grendel, uh, I think like two Batman Grendel stories. But anyway, um, Batman and the Monster Men follows after Batman Year One. So if you if you love you know kind of that young novice Batman that's still kind of in a detective mode type thing, this follows right after Year One. It's actually kind of a reimagine of Batman first encountering Hugo Strange, who is using you know genetic manipulation to create you know the perfect uh, genetic specimen and yeah you know his early relationship with julie madison who was i believe like his first love in back in the golden era it follows you know batman he's got to figure out you know who's killing these people and leaving behind like specimens like you know these people are getting killed and it's just like they're like torn up by animals but the samples of you know evidence that he finds all points back to a human and he's like how is this possible and then eventually, you know, he finds out that um, Hugo Strange is behind it all with with this manipulation. And also, I like how it um, intertwines, you know, like Sal Maroni and Carmen Falcone and stuff like that. Um, really cool book. I really like the art. It kind of falls into that noir feel. Um, I really like, you know, that Batman's doing detective work in this one. It's not so much supernatural. It's a little bit more sci-fi. But then Matt Wagner follows it up with Batman and the Mad Monk. And that's a little bit more on the supernatural side because it's the sequel. And um, it still, you know, kind of falls right in line with after year one. And this time there are murders around Gotham where they're finding the body where all the blood is, you know, drained from these bodies. They're trying to... Batman's trying to eliminate the obvious and he doesn't want to admit to himself that maybe the culprit behind all this is actually a vampire. And then also this book kind of brings back some characters from that earlier, you know, stories in, in Batman's beginning, obviously the monk who is like a, you know, a vampire type character. And then, uh, Dala, his girlfriend, I really love the covers in this book. I mean, Matt Wagner goes all out on these covers. If you like kind of like that um, Dave Mazzucchelli look to how he drew Batman and stuff like that, Matt Wagner falls right in line with that. So in in this book, or actually a series of books, you know, Batman's got to confront. Basically, it's another cult. The the monk, he's collecting bodies and he's he's building an army so he can he can take over the world. And, um, you know, Julie Madison's in it again. She gets involved. She gets under the spell of the, the monk. Her father's in trouble uh, with the gangsters and things like that. So Batman has to get involved, and we know how that usually turns out. But it's a really good story. I really like these two. I don't know if they're so much spooky, but they're all, you know, they kind of have that noir feel. Yeah. And, um, 
I don't know. I just I just really like these books. Highly recommend. My next one is another one from Snyder, and this this one is proper spook. I love this one. Snyder, I think Snyder's run on Batman New Fifty Two was it wasn't perfect and it was inconsistent. But I'll tell you, man, Batman Endgame was fucking amazing to me. That was that was proper. That was a proper disturbing Joker and disturbing Gotham City because you had first you had the Justice League Jokerized and attacking Batman, and they were like. They were like almost demonic at one point. So they, you know, Batman has his, pl- you know, plan A, B, C, and D, right? And then you know you have Joker back on the loose. Everyone's getting Jokerized. Gordon's finding like the Joker in these old photos from decades and decades and decades ago, like on some Pennywise shit. I actually mentioned that Scott Snyder was on the show once about that. I thought that was an interesting nod. And the streets are just filled with Jokerized people. I mean, like Duke's. It's like zombie, like Gotham zombie land, you know, and and the Joker is just more mysterious and disturbing than ever for me and God. And you know, you can't you can't beat Greg Capullo's art with that that ink palette. They, I mean, that that color palette they were using for that story arc had a lot of like blacks and purples and blues in it. You know, it was a lot of cool color. It was a lot. There was this whole mood throughout that whole arc. Um, but yeah, Batman Endgame by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo is definitely a a nice spooky Joker arc, really proper disturb. I mean, he puts like an axe through Gordon, doesn't he, in that story or something? So yeah, he uh, he cuts off Alfred's arm. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's like riding the dinosaur. <laughs> There's this one part in the book where they show the Joker swimming underwater, and each panel he's like getting closer to you, you know, like panning. So uh, it's like a horror comic to me. You know, it, it has a, such a horror feel to it. With the joke. Yeah, well, like, you know, the the whole Bat family uh, tied to chairs, sitting around a dinner table. Like, their faces are all bandaged up, and their peeled faces, uh, like, being served. Yeah. That was uh, Death yeah. of the Family. Oh, was that Death of the Family? Okay, yeah, yeah But yeah. they're connected, well, but that's kind of yeah, connected yeah. with Endgame, you know? Exactly, yeah. They're part, part of, of the, the same story. Probably the creepiest part was, like, when Duke was trying to talk to his parents, and they were already jokerized. The voc the words were like drawn out like almost like they were like hissing while they were talking yeah. to him. Yeah. That that was really creepy. If you to me. if you flip through that trade arc, you'll see, man, it's it plays out like a horror episode, man. It's it's pretty awesome. That was a good one, man. That was a nice that came I think that came after zero years, so it was like you know, right back in the horror saddle. I got another Elseworld story. It's uh called Castle of the Bat. Okay. So it's, for all intents and purposes, it's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein uh, interwoven with the uh, with Batman. Bruce and Martha are, or Thomas and Martha are murdered. Bruce becomes basically Dr. Frankenstein, and he becomes obsessed with uh, reanimating bodies. So he ends up uh, reanimating Thomas and, you know, creates this this bat monster. He, he makes... Uh, uh, a bat hound it's what is it part it's like part bat and part 
uh, dog, and like he creates it for like uh, tracking at night and stuff like that. But uh, so yeah, it's it's basically the the Frankenstein story, but uh, interwoven with Batman characters. When you go into Elseworlds, man, it's like sky's the limit. There were so many crazy Elseworlds stories. Uh, Joe Joe Chill is in here, obviously. You know, it deals with the death of Thomas and Martha, so Joe Chill's in it, but he sort of looks like Scarecrow. Yeah, good one. That's a nice little dusty archive one. To dig out. I like that. I gotta look for that. I guess it's in the new volumes they're putting out with the Elseworlds stuff. I'm kind of glad they're doing those volumes. And there's and there's so many of them. Like I, I made like a checklist a few years ago of ones that I had and ones that I still needed. Like I have like probably thirty something Elseworlds books, and there's still a ton more that I need. Fuck, that's crazy. That's nuts, man. I've realized after looking at my selections, there's a theme to the ones that I find the spookiest. It comes to full tilt with my next selection which is Batman the Cult. Nice. Because in my first one, you know, Batman's dealing with a kind of a cult. And then in Mad Monk, here he is fighting another cult. And in the cult, he's literally fighting a cult by this Deacon Blackfire, Starlin, and the great Bernie Wrightson. Yeah, Bernie's like the horror comic book artist, isn't he? Like, uh... Yeah, and I mean, you know, just the even the opening page, you know, with... House on the Hill. I mean, it, it's just—it's like a very psycho type story. Even the interior art, you know. I mean, you can see it's like a slasher horror type. Yeah, I mean, th- there's blood everywhere and people getting their heads blown off and all this shit going on. It, it's it's sewers and everything. Sewers and it's the it's the darkest of the of the dark in yeah. Gotham, and uh, you know, Batman is taken prisoner by this cult and this cult leader and um he's got to overcome it and it's also it's also kind of stylized a little bit after dark Knight returns actually because i mean you've got the news talking head panels and yeah you know kind of in some pages they have like the 16 you know grid artwork and things like that going on and then uh i love kind of at the end i won't give away any spoilers but you know there's a a big ass batmobile Batman's going to fuck some shit up, that's yeah, for sure. But yeah, visually, though, that book is gritty and dark. Sewers. Gritty drugs. and dark. I mean, yeah. That's Jason Todd, right? He's with Jason Todd, isn't he? That's mm-hmm. Dan, it's a throwback, too. So. Actually, my next one just came to mind. I didn't even know. <clears throat> I'm surprised none of us mentioned yet is uh, Gotham by Gaslight, which has... True, true. It's an Elseworlds story, which also has an animated movie that we liked. It's basically uh, Batman versus Jack the Ripper. Batman hunting down Jack the Ripper, right? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, what more can we say? <laughs> I think the Jack the Ripper story is pretty fascinating in general, and, uh, to, like, throw Batman in the mix to create this, you know, Elseworld story is kind of cool. And, uh, you know, I just wish it was longer. I wish it was, like, a three or four That's parter. what she said. Damn, yeah. boy! Uh, uh, that, that's one story, though, that uh, the book and the movie are very different stories. Yes. Yeah. Because, like, the book is... Is basically Bruce Wayne and Jack the Ripper and a bunch of new characters. Whereas the animated movie, they sort of replaced all those background characters with familiar characters. Yes. And done in a really cool way, too. Yeah, I, yeah, love, I, I like that a lot. I love the animated movie. It's really. I funny. would really like, you know, an ongoing series in like this, you know, um, this Batman of this era, you know, mm. kind of the steampunk type vibe. Yeah. 
the Victorian area. That that would be a neat little ongoing Elseworlds. See, uh, there's the Batman Aliens uh, stories. Those were uh, Bernie Wrightson art as well. So uh, obviously uh, the horror aspect comes in uh, being alien. So it's like alien as in the alien movies. Anything. Don't forget, like, anything with Batman who laughs, I mean, that guy is, like, a horror character in general. I also picked uh, Ego by Darwin Cook. That was an interesting story about... Because, yeah, I mean, that deals with, like... It's if Batman could have a conversation with Bruce Wayne. Well, yeah, it's him having a conversation, or actually, you know, kind of a revelation with himself of really what he could be if he let, like, the darkness in his own heart and mind you really just take full control yeah uh this isn't so much a uh horror but i guess it could be kind of lumped into that stuff uh batman the abduction uh it's basically an alien story uh mm. alan grant and norm brayfogle is that in a uh, I, like a Single issue? Yeah, it was a prestige format like the uh, Elseworlds books, but I don't think it actually had the Elseworlds logo. So I don't think it was technically an Elseworlds book, but obviously not uh, really in continuity. The abduction. I'll have to look that one up. Do you know when it came out? Unbag it here and check the deep. Did you guys... We also need to cover Blackest Night sometime. Yeah, Blackest Night is yeah, another um, great spooky read. What if you want to see um, just about every character in the DC universe become a zombie? So yeah. this was a uh, 1998 for the abduction. Mm. Cool. And uh, oh yeah, I just opened it up to a random page, and uh, here's Batman fighting Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. I'm gonna find that tomorrow. <laughs> just kidding. Good grief. I don't know if this one is like so much a horror, but it's it's kind of a little spooky, trippy as well. It's called, you know, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader by oh, yeah. Neil Gaiman and Andy Kubert. Mm, nice. And in it, you know, it starts off, basically it's Batman's funeral in a way. Yeah. And that was interesting how they did that when that came out, because that came out as two issues. It was one issue of Batman and one issue of Detective. Mm-hmm. Andy Kubert's art in this is phenomenal. But I love how um, not just the story is really good, but, you know, his artwork, because he kind of reimagines, you know, Batman throughout, you know, the beginning and also other characters. And he draws, you know, the characters in the style of that genre and that era. It's it's beautiful. It's a really cool book. I'm going to throw out uh, Justice League Gods and Monsters. Where if you want to see a vampire-esque Bruce Wayne Batman with actual bat wings, I think, and and a whole lot of blood and killing. It's like a man-bat Batman, like an actual Batman, from what I remember. And uh, a lot of blood. That's straight-up horror. Cool variant cover I got some by the great late Darwin Cook of that vampire-ish Batman. Uh, shitload of blood. <laughs> I can't emphasize that enough, man. That's a bloody story. Uh... There was, yeah, they don't, you know, they have Wonder Woman and Superman in it as well. Just like, it's, you know, Elseworld-ish, different take on Justice League members and whatnot, but a dark one. And, uh, yeah, that's a pretty uh, interesting, gory read. 
I just, I just pulled this off the shelf as well. Uh, Scarface Psychodrama. So this is uh, Alan Grant, and the artist is actually Charlie Adler, who is the artist on Walking Dead. Mm. So this book is uh, basically Batman looking, like, sort of analyzing if Scarface, if, if the ventriloquist is really Scarface, or if you know, this dummy is actually possessed by spirits or if uh you know if the persona if the 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 dummy having a persona is just a a figment of his imagination what's the name of this one uh it's called batman scarface a psychodrama two solid suggestions that i'm gonna have to go pick up got some trades in the chamber boy ready to go (laughs) and a a bill sinkevich cover too also, the you know DC put out those those little anthology specials, right, Robin? The yep. Um, those those are pretty good too. I know. I, think, I don't know if it was last year, the year before. Oh yeah, I think it was last year when they had that cool one. I think Harley Quinn was a ghost, and uh, yeah, that that was a really cool story. I forgot. That and uh, Cursed Comics Cavalcade came out just a couple weeks ago. Dan, that's an it's alliteration. If I ever heard right. one. <laughs> yeah, Cursed Comics Cavalcade. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, as we record this next week, uh, Batman Secret Files number one comes out. Uh, so it's coming out on Halloween. There are stories within a story. So basically, it's Batman examining uh, previous cases. So the main story is uh, Tom King and Mikkel Janin. And then the the way I understand it, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to read it tomorrow uh, in our uh advances but uh the way i understand it the cases that he's examining in this book are the cases are done by other creative teams uh but i know the only thing i know for sure is that we get a scarecrow story in it. Mm. speaking of scarecrow stories we also have a uh, batman kings of fear going on with kelly jones um definitely pick that that's uh talk about spooky man scarecrow king of fear just put two and two together and uh, it's cool man that's 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 what's cool about batman and the batman universe it's it's a character and universe where you could dip into the the spooky and the horror and the supernatural and then dip right back into like your you know what you think about when you think of superheroes and bright vibrant goodness and all that batman could really play both sides of the fence with that one and i think that's why there's so many Spooky suggested reads. It'd be kind of cool if they made like a hardcover collecting like all the must spooky, you know, the must spooky reads. Like, you know, uh, like a book that would have maybe like the Haunted Night trilogy and maybe like some Vampire Batman stuff and uh, the Doom that came to Gotham and Gotham by Gaslight and all that stuff, you know, just collected in one thing. That'd be kind of cool. Um, what my dream if, for them to do would be an annual Halloween special again with Batman, but. Like, it would say Halloween special, just like they used to do, but something where they would have a killer that was named Halloween, right? And he would only strike on Halloween. And every year, it would be a different story of Batman trying to track him down or figure out his next move or, you know, investigate. Little little Sam Hain running around. Exactly. That's exactly who I thought of. Yeah, Sam Hain. Like, something like that. You know, it would be so cool. And every year would be a different Halloween night where something different happens and Batman's trying to track this guy down and he's really mysterious. The, the killer known as Halloween or something like that. So, Gramps fan fiction thing going on there, you know? Well, uh, I mean, if you oh, want it, make it. 
<laughs> That's kind of the attitude like, I have right now. Shia, La- Shia LaBeouf, boy. Do it. it. Just, Just do it. Do it. <laughs> 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 hey, man. Uh, uh, Legends is drawing commissions now, so, you know, anything. <laughs> but, yeah, man, to our yeah. listeners, definitely read up on some of these things we suggested. Really cool stuff. And also, not Batman-related, but if you want to read a really good horror mystery comic series it's collected now uh my one of my favorites is nail biter by joshua williamson the guy who's writing the flash right now that i i, I recommend nail biter all the time to people that's such a cool fun read about uh just a quick synopsis basically there's this town i think in oregon where all all serial killers come from and they're trying to figure out why and there's different kinds of serial killers and then it's an investigative team goes down there to get to the root of the problem and every issue is like kind of like has you biting your nails you know waiting for the next one uh and it's collected and it's finished now i think it's two or three hardcovers uh nail biters yeah excellent read in um series quick note gramps um word on the street is daredevil season three is lit as fuck have you watched it yet i'm on episode five okay so you so what do you think so far i really like how they're tying in you can tell i'm only on episode five but they're they're about to start tying in a lot of classic daredevil stories yeah and kind of you know make it a hodgepodge i can kind of see where they're going a little bit and uh you know, it's always good to have the devil back. Um, yeah. Get I love how, yeah, I love how he's just, you know, he's just pissed off. <laughs> you know, he's not he's not starting off, you know, who am I? What am I doing? I love no, my city. Yeah, yeah bull, fuck Shut that. the fuck I'm, up. <laughs> I'm pissed off and I'm just going to start kicking people's ass. Yeah. That's all. You know, and there's it's really cool to kind of see the the interplay with, you know, uh, Wilson Fisk and, and what he's doing too. I always like, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio's work. Oh, um, I mean, he, he, he couldn't have been a better pick for, for casting this role. Um, and he's excellent in this season too. Uh, I, I'm not going to say too much, uh, until you get to finish it off, but yeah, he, he kills it over this whole season. Damn, that's a little fucking oh. hint right there, huh? <laughs> not, 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 not a hint. But, <laughs> I wouldn't um, have been so, uh, transparent. The, uh, you know, yeah, the, the Daredevil series, I think, well, season one was just so amazing. I think Punisher saved season two, to be honest with you. I think the Punisher did save season two. But now I'm hearing season three might even some people even think season three is better than season one. So I'm looking forward to watching that in November because uh, there's nothing but horror movies and Halloween specials this month. But uh, next month I got a nice little brisk brisket to chew in, don't I, Graham? It's a little uh, savory flavor. Hey, Graham, looking looking back behind you, man, it looks like it could be potential space for that master race statue, boy. I don't know, man. You know, just uh, <laughs> just saying, boy. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I was talking with Dunk the other day about that. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? And if you knew the shit that I have on order right now. Damn, boy. I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to have to lease out the house next. 
Yeah. I, I mean, and another thing I told him was, you know, I don't need, you know, another emblem of myself. I'll let you guys just, you know, bask in the glory of the Grandpa Batman. I don't know, boy. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the saga could still continue, man. That sounds you like know, Grams is leaving it open. Uh, I'm leaving it open, but at the same time, I'm like, I love how they recreated the the cover of Gabriel Del Otto's so cover. Good. So good. So good. But I'm waiting for them to, I don't know why they're not doing it, you know, to do the classic Frank Miller leaping down Dark Knight pose. Mm. I don't know if it's a... They're probably probably going to do everything because once they see what sells, which is, you know, DKR stuff sells, once they know that, they're going to start. Prime One just buys up licenses. They buy licenses up that they don't even use. They just, this kid comes from Capasol. Like, when they see the numbers start coming in from this next one, just like the other Frank Miller one, we might. There's a big rumor on the street that they're doing the armored. That's what uh, (sighs) Bataholic said. Which armored? DKR. Like, oh shit! Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if they do that, will they do the lamp post, and will it light up? It probably will, cause will his eyes light up? Probably. Prime one's fucking nuts. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> like they they just go nuts, man. So yeah, you know. So uh, look how their turnaround time. Look, they they the Batman who laughs, the damned. Now they're teasing. It's they just they're crazy, man. Um, but I, I I really wish. I mean, I wish that they would keep like. The same statue, but at a smaller scale, too. Yeah, I know. You know yeah, if you, if you are... want the big deluxe, the one-third size, man, go for it. But if you just want, like, maybe the one-sixth scale or maybe even the one-quarter scale, just something mm-hmm. a little smaller because not everyone has, you know, that much money and you know, also that much room shelf know, room yeah that's true it is it, it's 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 all a lot of fucking but you know i'll tell you though gramps you if you cancel that daredevil you'll be halfway there boy more than halfway <laughs> there just saying boy you gotta give miller his due boy <laughs> well i've also got the uh coda bakia the dare oh yeah dark Knight nice. returns with yeah that's pretty batman sweet. and carrie i mean that's that's a nice piece and it's the comes with the signed print oh uh not some more merch talk um I forgot who sent it, but someone asked Randy, Twitter, NECA the other day, is the Batman aliens, Batman Predator, are those sets dead? And he said, not dead. So just Undead. throwing that out there. Randy doesn't blow smoke up anyone's ass. If it's dead, he's going to tell you it's dead. But he said it's not dead. So, man, I hope it gets out of licensing limbo and we get the Batman Predator set, man, and Batman alien set. So... You know, I mean, they had to they had to shell out money for those prototypes, so you know they're probably gonna want to make you know, they, they're not gonna want to waste their time. So I think any other merch news? A lot of you know the Injustice Two Armored Batman figure by um I don't I forgot who makes it. Is it Mattel? Diecast Metal. Grumps picked me up one, fucking butte man, fucking butte fig. That's a, that's a surprise that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I forgot who made it. I don't think is it Mattel or Yeah, that's that that was a nice little figure surprise that came out of nowhere. Uh we talked about uh Daredevil. Uh the other thing that came out of Netflix that I uh, Gramps hasn't gotten to, but you and I both burned through pretty quickly. Uh Haunting of Hill House. That was another nice surprise. We had a lot of nice surprises recently. And so what's the premise behind it? Without spoiling uh, Before it. I even go into the premise, I just want to say that before I think I even watched it, I, I read about, there were like a bunch, some horror accounts, horror buffs talking about they didn't like it because 
they were comparing it to the book, right? I guess this thing's been remade a couple of times. It's so good. Even Stephen King has. And I'm wondering if, if it's those are the horror versions of us talking about Gotham. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I went into Haunting of Hill House complete, not knowing what the fuck it was about. And I thoroughly enjoyed this series. Um, it's so well done. It's so well acted. I was really... It's been a while. I, it's been a very long time since I've considered something binge-worthy in general or on Netflix or whatever. And this thing was definitely a, a show that was the page-turner version of a show. The premise, It's pretty much about a family that moves into a, an old-looking, early-century, pretty much a haunted house. Yeah, a mansion. Mansion. And they're trying to build it up and flip it. Uh, yeah, that was the plan. Like, they were planning to be there for, like, three months or something. Yeah. So, the, the kids see ghosts. Something happens with the mother. They have to leave. They grow up. They're kind of being called back to the house. That's like so the best it, I can it, do. it goes it goes beyond the house being haunted to like their lives being haunted in a way. Mm. Yeah. Blech. Oh. Wow. Okay. And a couple of things, you know, there's it's it's very real. There's there's deaths like shit, you know, transcends and uh, there's a lot of things dealt with with like depression and insanity and, and also family and, and drug use drug use and, and uh addiction you know affairs everything it's so well acted and there are like some legit creepy moments in this fucking oh yeah there's yo this there's, there's some legit creepy moments in this show makes me wonder when they're filming this if like the actors get creeped out when they're on set i don't know it's just it was really well uh i just someone I think was it Robin or someone else told me that the guy the guy who plays the young version of the father in the show was Elliot from ET. Oh, I didn't even know that. No, so that it's it's like, do you feel old now? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking Elliot from ET or the kid from ET. Like, oh my yeah. goodness. I wonder well, now. I feel thing. yes. <laughs> I, I wonder that same thing that you questioned if people get creeped out, the actors get creeped out while they're shooting. Like I think the way movies were made like decades ago like you know the vintage horror stuff where night scenes were shot you know at night in the dark that must have been pretty creepy but with the way it looks like so many things are shot now right, it looks like you know everything is sort of shot with proper lighting and then they just throw filters onto stuff yeah. after so i don't know how much of that eerie look of scenes that we see were actually present in the shooting and a lot of it also, you know, is the music. You know, they build yeah. the suspense and tension with with that. But, you know, whenever these movies, and I, I, I really don't like, like, the possession-type movies, like the demonic possession ones, but I got to think when they're filming those, I'm like, man, I would be, I'd be scared shitless making this. This one is proper ghost story. It's Okay. Um, it's ghosts really, are cool it's been a while well, you you realize how long it's been since you've seen a good series when you see something like this and all the actors are just fucking good man you're like wow why can't they get them on titans <laughs> <laughs> yeah um highly yeah definitely recommend haunting of hill house after the first episode you're pretty much hooked into it um unless you're <laughs> gam gams like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like i'm 
I'm waiting for you. I tell you though, there's a there's a couple of moments throughout the series you you do you do not expect some shit that happens. It just <laughs> blah, like what the fuck. Um. Ah, yeah. So yeah, Haunting Hill House. That's a good one. Uh, I know we took was earlier, but Robin, I, I recently watched Hereditary. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, it's um, damn, it's it's a t- it's like I know some people say it stays with you. It didn't stay with me, but it is a good one-time watch. And there's some creepy fucking moments in that movie as well. There's a handful of creepy moments that fuck you up in that. Um, yeah, like I was telling you earlier, I had heard some not-so-good things about it at the time it came out. Uh, so I didn't, uh, I hadn't rushed to watch it. But uh, I was listening to Robert Kirkman on Kevin Smith's podcast, and he spoke very highly of it and uh, was talking about how it did stick with him. And he said look, he's he's been waking up in the middle of the night and just thinking, it was like, no, what are you doing? Stop thinking hmm. about Hereditary. You have to get up in the morning. So that that really sparked my interest to... Uh, to get on and watch I wanted it to. I wanted to. It was overhyped because I remember when it was first screen screened and everyone was like, "Oh my god, people couldn't make it through the movie. It's so scary. One is scary." You know, I was like really overhyped, and then but it did yeah, get that, curious. that happens a lot though. Yeah, but um, it's a it's a damn good disturbing horror movie. It's uh, I don't I didn't find that it had much replay value, but it is a good one time watch. Cause you know you know everything after you watch it the first time, but genuine creepy, disturbing moments in that movie. Uh, it is a cohesive story, and uh, I you know it's hard to talk about it without giving anything away. Yeah, the, you know everything comes full circle, and uh, yeah, there's some fucked up parts. In. You know what I would like to see done again, just be just for the visuals, and because I think it could have been done more earnestly is 13 ghosts i love 13 ghosts yeah my my only issue with it like i've always lamented how humorous some of it is like um the the one uh the the medium's character was so uh, over the top and slapsticky like like he was almost like he was trying to be jim carrey like Mm. And then you know the the family themselves. Like I I just think the whole thing like today if they do if they do that with the tone that things are today, and as much as anything I would like to see all of the ghosts done now. Mm. Yeah, that'd I just be think that cool. that could be done really slick. You know, like the the whole movie is basically horror tropes and. So someone could have a field day with that. It's one of those unexpected gems, just like the cabin in the woods. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It was just a, such a great movie with the biggest, one of the biggest twists <laughs> that you could ever have in a. Yeah, and um, and it it really not only was a twist on itself, but it sort of put a twist onto the genre of horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> news halloween 
that just came out this year, this month, supposedly it made like quite a bit of money for a horror movie. And yeah, that people um, are hoping that's going to revive the slasher. Last night on that show, The Goldbergs, Robert England was Freddy Krueger again on the show. And there's been a lot of like talk and buzz and hope for like another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. And he but recently, did you guys think Nightmare movies were scary? No, but I I just watched them one through six this week, and I freaking love them. Now the first two were kind of dark and creepy actually the first two were dark and creepy right but the rest were like it's surreal horror and well when you're young you find it intriguing and maybe scary but i think what was cool about the freddy movies opposed to a lot of other horror movies is that it was surreal so you could do so much with imagery you know and, and different you know every Every kill is a different nightmare. So you could do a lot, like, as opposed to a slash where you know Jason and Michael Myers are gonna come out, with, come at you with a big fucking knife or something. You know that's coming. But with Freddy, there was always something different that you didn't know what, where you didn't know what to expect and whatnot. And I, I mean, I never found them scary, but I would like to see a modern version of it. Maybe they could make it scary and do some more with CGI and, and all this stuff. He, word on the street is he said he did want to do another movie even if it's the last one and pass the torch on to someone else or whatnot but um i agree that i can't say i ever found the movies themselves scary like even as a kid like i i remember being afraid of freddy himself yeah and like yeah, i was given like the content of the movies like i was definitely too young to be watching them because you know the nudity and stuff like that and the themes and everything i was definitely too young to be watching them but uh that was uh, sort of a thing like being at my grandmother's house she always had a, a collection of uh horror vhs's so i would uh sort of unsupervised watch a lot of things like the <laughs> nightmare on elm street movies and like sort of more uh obscure movies that she had too like alice sweet alice mm. which is like a really twisted uh old horror movie but uh, so i yeah i I can never remember being technically scared of the movies but i definitely would have been afraid of freddy himself but i found them really funny too like the like the guy loves to say bitch (laughs) bon appetit bitch welcome to prime time bitch it's well, just... that, that was pushing the envelope back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's, <laughs> that's what everyone's... The 80s, man. You also have the Pennywise stuff going on right now, too. And Pennywise is another boogeyman, in a way. So, you know, horror's big right now. I, I hope to get them. And so. and all the other Stephen King stuff is getting remade. They're doing Pet Cemetery, and uh, every, everything is getting the remake treatment now. So Pet Cemetery. Trailer, we'll see what else that inspires. Yeah. I like the Pet Cemetery trailer. That looked good. Any go-to Halloween horror movies for the month? You guys ever like? Really? Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. A very scary movie. Uh, you may have heard of it. It's called Mean Girls. Uh, <laughs> horrifying. For Canadians, that is a true horror. <laughs> <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. I actually watched Sweeney Todd for the first time last night. Oh, yeah. Man, I tell you, man, that's a dark fucking... What, you, you would think all the fucking singing. Yeah. Would, but that movie is dark and graphic. Wow. Yeah. Like, you're... You, throats are getting slit. People <laughs> are getting fed to other people, bodies. 
staring at Helena Bonham Carter for two hours looking like that. No problem, man. Fuck. You oh. know what? They had costumes from that movie in the Warner Brothers Studios tour. Oh, nice. That I just went to. And she is tiny. Yeah. They had, like, her actual outfits and <laughs> uh, his outfits. And, yeah. you know, they were all, like, set up on, like, mannequins to look like the characters. She is so tiny. Yeah. I love her. Fight Club boy. That's all I got to say. Did you ever watch the uh, Office episode of Sweeney Todd? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's one. Uh, Andy is in a play of Sweeney Todd. Uh, oh, no. So most of the episode is you know actually being at the play. I tell you, man. Only Tim Burton can get something like that greenlit because that is it's like a musical and it got awards and everything. But that's that's visually is dark. Well, super well done. A lot of singing, but it was really well done. I loved his um, Headless Horseman. Yeah, I watched that last night as well. And let me tell you, that is an amazing fucking movie. It is. That is such... That might be one of his best. And no... Well, I mean, I don't want to say nobody ever talks about it, but I feel like it, it should definitely be on the top 10. Like, if you have kids and want to watch a live action, like, spooky movie... Yeah, That's it's spooky. It's not like it's not like over the top horror. I mean, yeah, even I like when people are getting their heads cut cut off, it's not like super graphic, bloody. But that's you know. a great freaking movie. Last last night was the first time I watched it, like really paid attention to it and just watched it through. And that that's that's an excellent. That's a great movie, man. Great spooky movie. You know. Do you ever go up to Sleepy Hollow? We were there last week. With Dunk and Teasus and everyone, we had pizza at Sleepy Hollow, and then we uh, went to the Great Jack O' Lantern Blaze. But yeah, we were there. Yeah, that's Sleepy Hollow. I was trying to get uh, Game Game to go with me up there whenever we were last up there. It was packed. The fucking town was so packed. There were three hour wait. Goddamn hipsters. Because no, nah, it was even hipsters. Just <laughs> so many people. Because uh, there's so many different event Halloween events going on. Like this, you know, there's the Headless Horseman stuff. There's like reenactments of Halloween. There's just so many different events going on in Sleepy Hollow. And it's like, I guess people come from all over the freaking country and world to, to go there during October. So it was cool to be there last week, though. That was pretty cool. Especially now, they only, they only do that stuff during, like, the month of October, right? Yeah, the, those, those, those events. But, you know, they have, like, cider, apple picking, pumpkin picking, all that shit, you know, up there, too. It's nice. It's nice, nice up there. Yeah, I want to come visit that next time. I like Wolfman, the, the most recent one. I, I, I like a lot of the, the the older classic horror movies, you know, like the Universal. Universal Monsters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I really like the most recent Wolfman uh, movie. I haven't even, I didn't um, even know they came out with one. I like... Yeah, it's good. It's got, uh, who is it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're not talking like the Jack Nicholson one, right? No, <laughs> no. More recent than that, no, yeah. Let me. 2010. Um, so Halloween. Benicio del Toro, Anthony Hopkins. And oh Emily. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a good movie. Yeah, we need some more good werewolf. You know what was cool? The Underworld. I think the first one. I yeah, I like those. I haven't. I don't, I don't remember the other ones, but I remember the first one was pretty good. It was a Kate Beckinsale. It was a hot vampire. I I love that one scene where all the vampires are riding on the train, and it's a setup. And then the werewolves just tear them apart. It like stops at a station. I forgot how it goes down, but that's that was pretty cool. The war between the the vampires and the werewolves. I always thought that was really cool. You know, Bram Stoker's 
Dracula is always yeah, that was really a really cool watch. That's a great, that's a great movie. Sexy Vampire. There Did you that... ever see the uh, the most recent uh, Dracula movie? No, I don't even know. I didn't even know it came it's out. almost like it's, it's almost like a Batman movie, Dr- Dracula Untold. No. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, that's the one where it uh, begins off when he's human, right? Mm-hmm. He's like and a it has, king. Uh, yeah, and it has uh, Lannister from uh, Game of Thrones. Tywin Lannister is. I really uh, enjoyed. The, you yeah. got to watch this movie. I mean, you'll watch it, and I think it came out, you know, after um, Dark Knight. But you, yeah, you it, watch it. Definitely it. did. You watch it, and you're like. Wow, this is basically a Batman movie. Because, I mean, he, like, literally will, like, turn into bats. Yeah. <laughs> and he fucks some shit up. And yeah, it kinda... and it, yeah, it starts right at the beginning. That's why it's called Untold, because it's, like, the story of Vlad Tepish. And... Right, and it kind of paints him in a light as, you know, okay, yeah, Dracula is this vampire and kills people and he's bad, but there's this other side of him why he did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. And, and he, he is the hero of the story. Mm. Yeah, I remember that cool edit somebody made of the the Twilight teen tween vampires, and right behind them is Blade. Yes, <laughs> when, and I'm like yes. <laughs> Blade, Blade, and Blade and Blade Two are, I think, pretty cool. How October movies to watch actually. I I was actually reading a thing just over the novelization from, sometime in the last couple of days. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh about the making of the third movie okay. and oh. how difficult Wesley Snipes was and like he wouldn't even come out of his trailer <laughs> uh, so it's it's only him in the close-ups and like uh, I think Pat Oswalt said like he shot like one or two scenes that were actually with Wesley Snipes Blade and Blade I love Blade 2 as well I love Blade 2 and I love Blade but Blade 3 man what the fuck man oh <clears throat> that shit was garbage man I don't know why. Oh, I hate Hollywood. <laughs> fucking true. I like, uh, you know, The Crow. Yeah, yeah. I watch The Crow every October 30th, 30th, Devil's Night. I've never seen the sequel, Crow um, 2. I'll, I'll, don't, you don't need to. You don't need to. Like there, there are like three other movies that they made after, and yeah, the, you that. don't have to bother with any of them. And <laughs> you know, like, in the end, I'm, I'm happy that the remake still didn't happen you know it got so close to happening no, you yeah gotta, you gotta leave and, it then, and then it fell apart and like okay good that's it's for the best yo the, who the, were they saying was gonna be the main guy well it was gonna be jason momoa <laughs> yeah i mean and he's he's just too damn big like instead of being like a musician who was killed Jason Momoa looks more like he'd play a pro wrestler who was killed. That's what I was about to say. They're going to make this where it's like some kind of nah, pro man. athlete that pro, got killed. Nah, Jason Momoa, nah. I tell you, man, you got. <coughs> I, I love The Crow because there's so much lore behind The Crow. I mean, I when we were kids and that movie came out, it, it was like you know how like when 1989 Batman came out, this was like felt in a similar vein to that. Like when the Crow movie came out, everyone was talking about. It, everyone was going. Kids were like hanging out in cemeteries, on Ricky Lake talking about it and shit. Fucking and and you know he got killed on them. It was just so much lore behind it. And when you watch the movie, it's just so. I have a lot of sentimental history with it, but it it's just so reflective of the times. You know, it's mm-hmm. so gritty 
everything. And the album soundtrack is amazing. The al- I love the, it. The oh. Cure, fucking Nine Inch Nails, Don't Temple Don't Pilots. Temple Pilots. Yeah, that it's, out. It's... I mean, everything about the movie and the soundtrack, it's so fucking legendary. Brandon Lee, it's... That's a movie that came out at the exact right time with the exact right people. Yeah. And there's so much, like you mentioned about the lore about, like, the events happening, Brandon being killed in the filming of it. Like, yeah. Is it the, you aren't going to achieve what the original achieved. Just leave it alone. I know it was, it was based on a graphic novel, I believe, or a comic book, whatever. Yeah, mm. yeah, but, James Lobar. But the way they translated it to film was perfect because it was hyper noir, gritty, urban, dark. Just you know, they built that whole city in like a studio in North Carolina. I heard, and it's just yeah. Like, when, when that came out, man, it was just that was it. There was nothing like it. So yeah, Devil's so, Night. Uh, uh, the guy who wrote it, James Lobar, he's uh, from either in or around the Detroit area. And when I was in high school, uh, the one, uh, our one art teacher, uh, Miss Obar, was James Obar's ex-wife. Hmm. So we were, uh, I, at the time that uh, the rumblings were coming along of, uh, of the second movie, uh, we were hounding her for information about like, oh, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Like she was, she was by default the coolest person in the school because you know she was the art teacher who uh, was married to the guy that created the crow and she looked all goth and everything huh. party boy the guy who played party boy died like a year or two ago yeah um, it's crazy man to think about god i don't even want to think about how old it is it's four it's 24 years old now so next year will be the 25th anniversary I it believe. still holds up no good is going to come from uh, rehashing it, trying to, no, to, to make a buck off of it. You can't, you can't reimagine that in this day and age. Oh, trust me. They will eventually, in about 10 years, it'll happen. Being, um... Yeah, that's, I love yeah, that that's, song. Uh, that's Dead Souls. Yeah, yep. that's my favorite song. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's it's, it's always the first thing I think of. I just uh, had to throw it on. You know what? When uh, October 1st, I have that blasted. I'm not allowed to play that song 11 months out of the year. But <laughs> when I blast that shit on October 1st, it's like, welcome to October, baby. It's you know, <laughs> for real, man. You know, obviously, your Nightmare Before Christmas is your Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown's uh, Monster House. Frank and uh, Paranorman, Trick or Treat. You guys ever see Trick or Treat? Yep. That's a you know that's a modern day classic for Halloween. But also, uh, Tales of Halloween is like right up there. Another Halloween anthology that's excellent. It's on Netflix because the the Blu-ray's like impossible to find for a good price. But 
um, that's not that's like I I think it's neck and neck with Trick or Treat for anyone who wants to watch a, a Halloween anthology that's excellent in modern day. Uh, you know. Did you guys ever watch Tales from the Crypt? Fuck yeah, man. Yep. <laughs> late nights, late night boy on the television. Hell yeah. Yeah, watching all those episodes. Dude, I love that shit. Do you and, guys ever and, watch uh, uh, Demon Knight? Remember Demon the movie Knight. Demon Knight? Yeah. I love Demon Knight, dude. That's yeah. really good. <laughs> That's when Jada Pinkett Smith was hot, dude. Oh, <laughs> Pre-Fish Mooney days. <laughs> oh, God. She was so hot back then. Um... I forget which episode it was from Tales of the Crypt, but it was so funny because I was watching it back in like college, and um, the story premises was something about you know these uh, these guys would hang out at this bar, and they would basically they were kind of like the mules for taking you know luring victims back to. Um, I think I think she was a vampire or something like that. But you know, these guys would be at the bar. They'd get to be talking with you know one of these unsuspecting victims, and they'd mention something about you know trying to find some girls, and they'd go, "Did you say sex?" Like, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that kind of came a, a catchphrase between me and my roommate. You know, all the time would be like, "Did you say sex?" You mean they don't talk like that in Texas? <laughs> you ta- My friend just got the Tales from the Crypt DVD set. He says they're still fun to watch. He loves them. I remember what's fun about Tales from the Crypt was the fact it was on late night. I think I think mm-hmm. it was I think it was on late on Saturday. I don't remember. And, you know, you'd have to be up late and turn the TV on, television on, and and there were Tales from the Crypt on. And you know, the song comes on. They go through the house, right? The intro and everything. Yeah. And, you know what else I used to watch at night? The another late night thing that I was always excited to watch it, but then I always regretted it after. Um, <laughs> it was on after SNL. Sex aliens from Planet Booby. It's uh, I, I haven't seen that one yet, but I'll <laughs> oh, <it. laughs> oh, okay. But um, trying to remember the name of the show. It used to be on after SNL, so like SNL would end at one a.m. And then there was this show that would come on. Uh, I want to say it was called like sightings or something like that, but it was about like hauntings and aliens and different things like that. But like examining like real life cases and things. Mm -hmm. So I would stay up, I would finish watching SNL and then I would stay up to watch that. And then that would end and like, okay, uh, now I have to turn off my TV and go to sleep. And then I would lay there horrified until I fell asleep. (laughs) But then the next week, invariably I would do it again. Man, <laughs> oh, has, hey, quick obscure. Has anyone seen In the Mouth of Madness with Sam Neill, John Carpenter's yes. movie? That's an, that's another great horror movie that nobody like knows about. It's just yeah, with uh, that's that's the one with the painting, right? Uh, yeah, and it keeps changing when he looks yeah. at it. It's yeah. like Lovecraft. Yeah. So basically, it's the private detective is hired by a publishing company to find their best-selling author. Who's gone missing? He travels to this old town where he's he might be at in a, and all the horrific things from his novel start coming to life and start happening, and it's just really twisted and it's so great, very Lovecraft all over it. But that's like one of those movies that just is just not talked about that much, and um, and and other movies like um, The Eye with Jessica Alba, 
You know, I know it was originally a Japanese movie, but that one's pretty good. And, and Gothica with Halle Berry, remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. All these, like, forgotten movies that are, are pretty good to watch during the season. Just Okay, I watched The Grudge once. When, oh, um, yeah, The Grudge. You know, I went to the theater, watched The Grudge, and then I went home, and I was living at this apartment by myself, and I had, like, <laughs> my... My closet, I had a walk-in closet that was like kind of, you know, the foot of my bed faced this walk-in closet. And man, that's, I couldn't go to sleep because I had to get up and like close the door. And then I kept hearing this. like this scratching noise on the ceiling and you know after watching a movie like that man you want to leave every light on you don't want to take a shower you just you know you want to be outside i guess there were some squirrels on the roof that were crawling around making that sound and it sounded like it was coming from that closet man i was i was scared in the story Man, that's a good scene, boy. Yeah. Have fun sleeping tonight, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Great, thank you. Yeah, the grudge is good, man. Uh, oh, I got to throw on Hellraiser 3 this month. You know, my usual. Hellraiser was always, uh, Pinhead specifically, Like it was always my favorite of, of all the horror movie characters. Yeah. So which uh, one is the best of that franchise? I think three, but a lot of people will say one or two. Uh, the the thing with the franchise is you don't have to... Okay, I meant that. Uh, erase, you don't have to. I will change that to don't go any further than part four. Yeah, I like... Part four is really good, too. I like part four. Yeah, part four because it's uh, like uh, examining the, the history of the Lament configuration. So cool. But uh, after that, you get into... It's shit. Movies where they, where the studio had like this, <laughs> a, a movie written, and they did didn't feel it was quite, you know, they felt like it was missing something. So they said, "Well, let's just throw Pinhead and some Cenobites in here, and we'll make it in the next Hellraiser movie." Oh man. Well, yeah, it kind of sounded like they had to they had to make something to keep the license. Yeah, right. it, was, it was really bad, but. <laughs> This is a shame because uh, it was on Netflix, all of them at one point, and I treated it as a challenge to try to make it through all of them. And let me tell you, man, <laughs> woo, <laughs> shit was tough. Really? Um, one through four was great. Three and four, I mean, one and two feels real, like like feels like it's from the eighties. Like, is it from the eighties? Like, really? Yeah. Visually dated, but three and four feel more like. 90s a little more modern than the f- part first two and the three and four is really good see the Cenobites are Hellraiser stuff you could do a lot with uh, visually too just like Freddy Krueger you could play a lot with imagery and surrealism and shit like that so if you're gonna talk about uh, Hellraiser then you gotta talk about Nightbreed as well it's uh, Clive Barker as well so like where um, Hellraiser the Hellraiser movies came from uh, a novella called The Hellbound Heart. The novelization, you mean? Exactly. <laughs> Except that it was first. <laughs> so uh, Nightbreed came from uh, a novella called uh, Cabal. But uh, yeah, if, if you haven't watched uh, 
if you haven't watched Nightbreed, I, I won't even tell you anything about it, but just just check it out. Dark City with Jennifer yes. Connelly. Yeah. Yeah, Dark City was great. Excellent. Oh, I remember seeing it in the movie theaters. It's um, you know, it's spooky, but it's also science fiction noir, which is really cool too. It's yeah. like it's an all year round film, but it's it's a. I love the. Uh, um, what do they call them? The uh, the strangers. I love those guys with the you know the the hats and coats. Oh, that's that's yeah. Uh, this is not uh, a horror movie at all, but Dark City always reminds me of it. Strange Days. Yeah, you know. Someone was talking about Strange Days the other day, and I was thinking about how great of a fucking movie that was. 90s. Oh, it was 90s, but it was so good. Yeah. Gritty science fiction 90s movie, man. So good. Angela Bassett. Another guy from. Uh, well, Michael Madsen, I think, was in it. They recently did a movie or a show that had a similar concept where you put those devices on and live someone else's life. It was that movie was so fucked up because you could place the device on your head and someone else's head and you know that person feels what you're feeling. So yeah. like the guy killed the girl but the girl knew the excitement the guy was feeling from killing her, remember? Mm, yeah. It was yeah, just... well, yeah, that, that that was like the messed up thing about strange days was like people would put those things on their heads and commit crimes like uh there was the guy that raped the girl and right and there they, were the guys that uh, there was that robbery yeah the robbery the guy that was wearing it like when they're running killed, they end yeah. up on the roof yeah and like they're running from the cops and he jumps from one roof to the next but he doesn't make yeah. it and that, that's such a good fucking movie i love the fact that it, it's supposed to be futuristic so they're showing like Times square hitting the year 2000 and everything feels like, oh my god, it's, <laughs> it's so new in the future and everything. And dark, uh, Strange Days, even the title, man, that was just a excellent '90s movie, man. That was so good. Fuck, man, I love, I miss that '90s, that grit, you know, like yeah. that grit. Strange yeah, '90s movies had a feeling. They had this, to them, uh, like Natural Born Killers. Yeah, or RoboCop. A... Well, that was like '80s, yeah. but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It, it had a raw, gritty feeling to it. And, you know, don't everyone forget um, Ernest Scared Stupid, a classic <laughs> Halloween movie. <laughs> oh, man. I tried watching that well, last year, man, as a challenge, and uh, fine, never doing that again, man. Not for a long time, man. Don't ever, don't ever forget the David S. Pumpkins Halloween special from last year, too. Did you not see that? <laughs> I don't know that one. The Saturday Night Live cartoon spoof, Tom, uh, Tom Hanks as David S. Pumpkins. Do you not oh. remember that? Any no, questions? Hey, Robin, was, do you remember um, this movie? No, no, this series called Witches Night Out. So, I remember the novelization. Yeah, man, this is <laughs> this is a uh, Cross Rogers. It was basically a animated Halloween special that came out of Canada in like 1978, and it's on all these top whatever animated Halloween specials to watch or whatnot. It's so fucking weird, dude. <laughs> it's really strange. I don't remember it. But yeah, man, you know, good old Halloween traditions. You got your candy. You got your Halloween parties. You got your trick-or-treaters. You got um, the women letting their inner vixen come out and wearing all the skimpy <laughs> Halloween costumes. Come on, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, man, you know, you got your TV Halloween specials, spooky movies, your horror movie countdowns on networks and American horror story has been killing it. 
this Halloween month. Oh, so good. Uh, I love this this uh, season of American Horror Story. I love it because Co- I think Coven is carrying it. Because I think everyone loves Coven. The girls in Coven are just, you know, it's just, I think it's the most likable cast and, and part of the series. So because they're all here, it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, I, I was already enjoying the series before they showed up. Uh, like enjoying this season before they showed up in it, so you know, I, I was already happy yeah, with it. Like, well, Lee, a lot of cool uh, stuff. Having man. Tate's, uh, you know, Antichrist offspring, yeah, it's all been really cool. Yeah, man. So far, so good. We we needed a winner from a you know American Horror oh, Story. I know. Hotel was great, then Roanoke, whatever, and Cult were not good. And this one's pretty good. So and um, yeah, man, that about wraps it up for. Woo! The uh, Bad Force Radio Halloween special this year. The spooky month of October. Gramps, are you going to uh, give out candy to the kids? Can you give out brisket? How cool would that be if you gave out like, <laughs> brisket? <laughs> no, I, heard, I heard this uh, awesome suggestion on the radio driving home today because they were talking about how millennials are bringing back everything from you know cartoons to coloring books and everything. And they're like, why don't they have adult trick or treating where you go out and they give you like liquor? <laughs> <laughs> like the little little travel bottles yeah. and stuff. <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, that's a good idea, you know, you know, give out some candy but then, you know, pass a little Jack Daniels on to the dad that's having to walk around with them cuz you that's know he wants a shot." Fucking amazing. Or a shot. Just, yeah. just just give out jello shots to the parents. Do you guys um, have trick or treaters come to your houses, or is it like? Yeah, 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 yeah. A few. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, dressing up as the headless horseman and kind of standing back next to the uh, next to the doorway because there's kind of a little corner there that's pretty dark yeah. where they have to walk up from the walkway and just kind of stepping out because I've got a. I've got a headless horseman costume that's really nice. cool because it has like these inflatable shoulder pads that yeah. re- you know create a false shoulder line, <laughs> and then and then when you put the the little cape and stuff on, it makes it look like you don't have a head. Just I mean, like it looks a, good, just like Sleepy Hollow movie where they they throw the jack o' lantern at Johnny Depp and get by Crane, and it, it turns yeah. out to be the guy fucking around. That was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty so. Cool. I've worn that a couple of times. It looks really pr- pretty cool, so I was thinking about doing that, but I don't know. We'll do, see. Do it, Grams. Yo, why not? Yeah, I'll be like, yo, one and done, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a werewolf this year. I got a mask from Toxic Tunes, the gloves, and the, the feet that go over your sneakers. So. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Got a nice like orange and black flannel shirt, so, so I'm trying to get I'm, I'm trying to find like a big bone prop, like a Flintstone bone. <laughs> I don't know, minute, I just uh, kind of wanted to be a werewolf. I like werewolves. Werewolves are cool. I always wondered why you know you don't see Batman fighting too many. That'd be really cool if like he had a villain that was a werewolf. Cause I mean, man bat's a man, bat. Yeah, you yeah. got man bat that you know takes the serum, but yeah. there needs to be a guy that. Actually, kind in, of the, serum. in the, the animated there, series, there was yeah, there, a... there, there was a werewolf episode, and actually, there's uh, a mini series that was, uh, I believe, it's Batman and Superman versus vampires and werewolves. Hey, man, if Batman's fighting Bruce Lee, 
He's fighting anyone you can think of. Werewolf, vampire. We got this book where Batman fighting your grandma. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But anyway, to our listeners, happy Halloween. Fucking love Halloween. Halloween is so awesome. Be safe, have fun, trick-or-treating or go to parties or, you know, dress up or give candy out or watch specials or have fun. Be safe. Be safe. Happy Halloween from the Bat Force, everyone. Because it's Halloween and we talked about the crow, I'm going to supersede my usual question. Uh, So Trunkler is off the hook for tonight. And instead, I'm going to say, abashed, the devil stood and felt how awful goodness is and saw virtue in her shape, how lovely, and pined. It can't trunk all the time. (laughs) 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 What should I be? I could be a scary turn myself into a bat flat flat or i could put on some black pajamas go as a big fat halloween cat what should i be I